Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. To present Hancock and Kelly. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right, John Hancock. Yeah, with an extra hour of sleep. Let's go. <laughs> on the left is Michael Kelly. Well done, everybody. Saving that time. Yeah, welcome to uh, Fall Back. Hope you banked your hour. I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda this morning, St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell drops his bid for the United States Senate to run for the House against Democrat Congresswoman Cori Bush. City SC fans stay in a hotel near the stadium after the team's playoff game last Sunday. They wake up with bullet holes in their room and bullet fragments in their bed. Is Congress playing games with aid to Israel in our allies' hour of need? And in our quote of the week, the RFK Jr. factor. Yeah, remember him? His third-party presidential run may hurt Donald Trump more than Joe Biden. Also, Democrats accused of fueling anti-Semitism. President Biden goes to Maine. And should Donald Trump's name be scrubbed from the 2024 election ballot under the 14th Amendment? We'll get to all of that, but we begin with St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell, a Democrat, his election stunner. He drops out of the U.S. Senate race to run against fellow Democrat in the House, Congresswoman Cori Bush. Well, this is nothing personal against the Congress, against the Congresswoman. He says he's got nothing against the congresswoman. He's just doing this. He seemed to have little hope of winning the Democrat nomination in the Senate race. But he says he's switching races because fellow Democrats have been urging him to run against Bush as he, as he campaigned for the Senate around the state. Bush is vulnerable. Her campaign is in debt with little cash on hand. What do you think of Bell's chances here, John? I think it's an uphill uh, slog for him. I didn't realize he was running for the U.S. Senate. <laughs> I mean, uh, so here's the, here's the situation. It's a presidential year. In August, you're going to have Republican primaries for governor and attorney general, very high profile. And that means you're not going to have a lot of crossover votes from Republicans in the Democrat primary. That's problem one for Wesley Bell. Problem two for Wesley Bell is that his constituency, the progressive constituency with which he won the prosecutor's race against Bob McCullough, is exactly the same constituency that Cori Bush has cultivated. Cori Bush is the real progressive in this race, and Wesley Bell is progressive light. I think it's going to be very hard for him to win in a Democratic primary. You mentioned, though, the, the primary, right? That's when this race is going to be decided, in August and not November. But will there be a Republican presidential primary? Do no, not in August. Have one? Uh, right, so this is sort of standalone. Well, but you've you, you got to pick a ballot in August. So, and the Republicans are going to have a governor and attorney general spending a lot of money in the primary, so Republican voters are mu much more likely to stay home. Now, when I talked to him about this, he said something like, you know, I'm in this for good, because, you know, I, <laughs> when I make up my mind, I stick to things. But he didn't stick to yeah. the Senate race. He switched. Is this political opportunism? And does that hurt him? Well, I think it's a combination of all that. First of all, John's assessment is right. I think this is an uphill battle for uh, Wesley Bell, but it's doable. It's doable if people actually go out and participate in the primary. History has shown us that people, particularly in a presidential cycle, um, and especially in the first congressional district, 
only really come out for the presidential election. It's going to be important that they come out and participate uh, to, if they want to see Cori Bush go, to be moved out. Now, the first CD is probably the least likely to have a lot of Republicans in right. it. So while John makes that point, I don't know that it's that big of a deal. Finally, Wesley Bell's going to have to actually run a campaign. He was running for the United States Senate, and he was Casper the Ghost. Nobody saw him anywhere. So it's going to be important that he actually gets out there, does the shoe leather, and shows people that there's an alternative to this insanity that is Cori Bush. Here's What about the funding? Well, he'll have funding. He'll have more he'll money. Have he really funding. doesn't. Uh, no, but she'll, she'll get her funding. You know, if, you're, if you're serious about beating Cori Bush, in my opinion, the way to do it is to find a credible Democrat uh, and run him or her as an independent in November because the Republicans are not going to have a strong candidate in the first congressional district. If you've got a well-funded independent candidate in a presidential cycle where you maximize the size of the electorate, then all of a sudden the influence of Bush's core base gets minimized because of the sheer volume of voters. If you want to beat Cori Bush, I think you take her out in November. Israel's a big issue in that race. It's taken nearly a month, but fellow Democrats are now coming out publicly against Cori Bush and others like her in Congress for fueling anti-Semitism. While she has come out against the October 7th Hamas terror attacks in Israel, she continues to accuse Israel of genocide and ethnic cleansing in its response against Hamas in Gaza. And this is in Washington, D.C. yesterday, a pro-Palestinian protest or demonstration. Anti-Semitism is reaching frightening levels. I'm not suggesting that this is an anti-Semitism rally, uh, but this sort of thing has been accused or been alleged to have been contributing to the rise in anti-Semitism around the United States. College campuses here to Russia, where a mob rushed an airport looking to confront Jewish passengers arriving by plane. Michael Democrats, including the president, face criticism for not being forceful enough in denouncing Hamas and de denouncing the terror and always seeming to couch references to Israel with concerns about Palestinians in Gaza, which absolutely well, is legitimate. 9,000 have died there. It's a hard case to make that Joe Biden hasn't been doing everything possible to help Israel. Um, he has been the staunchest ally. He's been leading, particularly when he's got a party full of Cory Bushes out there that are out there saying some ridiculous stuff. There's no doubt about it. People are dying in Hamas. But this war was started in, uh, in Gaza. Gaza. But this war was started by Hamas. And the Israelis have every right and moral authority to be able to go ahead and finish this war. The political consequences could be serious here, not only for President Biden, but for folks down the ballot. But I think President Biden's doing what's right. And that's standing by our ally. And, you know, the consequences that may come as a result of that, I think he's okay with it. How do you see it? Well, if Israel, Democrats have something to answer for here, are they actually contributing to anti-Semitism? Well, sure. And they're on the wrong side of this thing. If Israel doesn't defend itself, Israel doesn't exist. And it's that simple. They're not surrounded by folks that are afraid of them. They're surrounded by folks that want to eliminate them and wipe them off the face of the globe. Why, though, do we see these massive protests in the West? And I'll tell you what I think. In, in this country particularly, we've spent in our education system now a generation teaching kids that the United States is an illegitimate country, that we came in here, committed genocide, we're not, we're not the moral country, and, and we believe Israel, and a lot of those people believe Israel's founding is exactly the same. And I think 
when we stop teaching about the fact that the United States is the most exceptional nation in the world, that we provide greater peace, greater stability, greater assistance than any other nation in the history of mankind, we're not perfect, but we are the strongest country and the best hope for this world's stability. But I think the premise that all Democrats is a false premise. It this is. is not all Democrats. No, Look, not. Joe Biden is leading. Uh, be the same premise would be saying that all Republicans support Vladimir Putin. No, it seems to be this MAGA and progressive movements on both sides that that have these positions that just make no sense. But I hope we wake up to what's going on in academia because it's a problem. But can't you be concerned about yes. innocent Palestinians sure. dying and not be anti-Semitic, right? There's yeah, but I, I think people exclusive. are expressing that. But the idea that Israel is supposed to lay down, and if you don't, uh, that you're you're violating some moral code. Do we all forget what happened a month ago to these poor people? Right, and Cory Bush is saying it's ethnic cleansing on Israel. Yeah. Hamas party. came in to Israel That's specifically, why primary, I think. specifically to terrorize, to kill children, the elderly, women, and take civilian hostages. That was the I, that was the mission. The mission for Israel is to root out Hamas. Are civilians going to die in that process? They and, are. And, war, and, war stinks. And what you, you mentioned Cory Bush getting primary. Yes, this may be the straw that broke the camel's back, but this is a lady who constantly votes against her own party, whether it be the infrastructure bill, whether it be against Boeing, whether it be in Israel. I think this is a combination of everything, and a lot of these progressive donors who live out there in St. Louis County who were funding these pie-in-the-sky ideas are waking up saying, wow, I paid for this? Pie-in-the-sky's my word. <laughs> Missouri Republican Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, who's running for governor, is racking up losses in court over abortion. A Missouri appeals court ruled that Ashcroft is essentially rigging ballot measures on abortion to keep abortion illegal in Missouri. Abortion rights supporters want Missouri voters to decide whether to legalize abortion in the November 24 election. As Secretary of State, Ashcroft, Ashcroft oversees elections. The court took issue with his proposed ballot summaries, which say... That passage would, quote, nullify long-standing Missouri law protecting the right to life, including but not limited to partial birth abortion, unquote. John, the court ruled that the words right to life, partial birth abortion are politically charged and really have no place on a ballot. Well, I think the bigger issue per potentially for, for Ashcroft here is the use of the word dangerous, as, as where he refers to dangerous procedures. Uh, because that adjective is pejorative. It's a, you know, when, when he says unregulated, I think that's appropriate because if these are not regulated, when he says unlicensed, if that's, that's appropriate, if they are in fact unlicensed. So uh, he, his case, I think, was hurt by the use of the word dangerous, in my opinion. Now, he says he's going to appeal it to the Supreme yeah. Court. Is this just a stall tactic to maybe keep this issue off the 24 ballot to keep it from drawing more... Democrat voters? Or no, I don't think it voters. has anything to do with what's going to be on the ballot. It has to do with the fact that uh, Ashcroft is running right. for governor and he wants to show Republicans he's out there. There's two other problems here. The Secretary of State's job is largely ministerial. I mean, it's supposed to be the guy who calls balls and strikes. Uh, and that's the way that they were, uh, that he campaigned, seeing that's what he wants to do. He's showing us on a daily basis, number one, how out of touch he is with regular Missourians. And number two, he doesn't want the will of the people to stand. He's pushing an extremist political agenda. Nearly nine months have passed since a teenager lost her legs after being hit by a reckless driver in downtown St. Louis. And still, the violent mayhem continues. A couple staying in a hotel near the new downtown soccer stadium after going to the City SC playoff game woke up to find that bullet fragment in their bed and a bullet hole 
in their window and in the wall right above them. It came through their ninth floor window. They called 911 after police failed to show up for 90 minutes. They called again. A dispatcher said the department was short of available officers. Now the next day, a car hit a 71-year-old man crossing the street in front of Crown Candy. Michael, it was February when Janae Edmondson, the volleyball player from Tennessee, in town for a volleyball tournament, was hit walking downtown and lost her legs. Now it's November, 10 months later, or uh, 10 months ago in January, Tashar Jones hired new police chief Robert Plake Tracy for $275,000 a year. How do you think this is all working out so far? I got to tell you, it's been so long since we've seen the police chief and the mayor that I've forgotten what they look like. You would think this type of an event happening under this crown jewel that we now have in downtown, our soccer, soccer team, would, would cause people to want to see leadership. Unfortunately, the police department, which is right across the street from this hotel, and the mayor continue to remain silent. We have got an extreme crisis in the city of St. Louis, and the way that our leadership is dealing with it is to pull the covers over their head. It doesn't even seem to be much of a blip in terms of the well, beyond here, a little news coverage. And, and here's the ultimate problem. We hear about the shooting. We hear about the guy getting run over in front of Crown Candy. You know what we don't hear about? The arrest of the suspects. And are there not cameras? Do we not have, I mean, I know the, I know the car guy uh, in Crown Candy was caught on tape. Uh, I have to imagine the Pear Tree Inn has cameras. Why aren't we catching these felons and putting them in jail? That's the thing that is very disturbing to me. Up next, House Republicans accused of playing politics with emergency aid for Israel, and President Biden goes to Maine after another mass shooting by a person with mental issues and with a legal masked, mass casualty rifle. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden traveled to Maine to grieve those mourning the deaths of 18 people killed in a mass shooting last month. The president pushed for gun reforms. This is about common sense, reasonable, responsible measures to protect our children, our families, our communities. The gunman who later killed himself also wounded 13 in shooting rampages at a bar and at a bowling alley. He was an army reservist with a history of mental illness. Still, he legally owned assault-style rifles designed to inflict mass casualties, even though the Army issued a directive against him for handling weapons on duty. He was not allowed to do it anymore by order of the Army. The President mentioned common sense measures, Michael. What makes common sense here? There is no common sense in Washington, D.C. The idea that we need weapons of war as a part of your Second Amendment is not common sense. But this is a refrain we continue to say almost on a weekly basis when we see the President of the United States having to go mourn with another society. Ask the Republicans. They're the ones stopping common sense gun reform. Republicans seem to be for allowing this to continue to happen. No, uh, this is a guy that should never have had a firearm. Uh, there are background checks required by law. There are waiting periods required by law. How does a guy like this slip through that system. That's, I mean, we've got to figure out first how to make the system we have work, uh, and then we can talk about... But he legally owned it under the system. I don't understand how that could happen, because he's mentally ill. He, the Army got, got him a dishonorable discharge because he was nuts. Uh, though, we all agree there are some people that shouldn't have firearms. He was one of them. With a new Speaker of the House in place, Republicans pass a $14.5 billion emergency aid package for Israel in its war with Hamas. 
But Democrats accuse the Republicans of playing political, political games with what is truly a life and death issue. Senate Democrats vow to defeat the measure. If they don't, the president says he will veto it because House Republicans have tied the aid to cutting billions of dollars in IRS funding hikes, hikes which Democrats pushed through last year to go after tax cheats. What do you think about taking this approach in Israel's great hour of need, John? Well, the politics of it. Mike Johnson needed a legislative victory. He got one. And good for him. He passed it. Now, this bill's not going to be the bill that ultimately becomes law. The Senate's going to change it. The real test is going to be how Johnson deals with the Senate bill that comes back and whether or not we actually pass a final aid package. If he does, it will be a big victory for Mike Johnson right out of the gate. Should you question Republicans in the House, their commitment to Israel by doing this? I mean, it just seems like a time waster. No, I think John's right. Johnson needed to deliver a victory, and he's got a bunch of kooks over there, so he gave them what they wanted. It's going to come from the Republicans. Fortunately, there's adults in the Republican Party and the United States Senate who are saying that's dead on arrival. They'll send it back. Johnson will pass it. Still to come, should Donald Trump's name be scrubbed from the 2024 ballot under the 14th Amendment? And our quote of the week, RFK Jr. is pushing his way up in polls in his third party run for the White House. Did you like it, John? Pushing, like his, pushing his way up. <laughs> we talk a lot about Donald Trump's legal issues, but we haven't touched too much on this. Efforts to keep his name off the 2024 ballot under the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. Now, most people know the 14th for granting citizenship to former slaves after the Civil War. But it also says that anyone who took an oath to support the Constitution and then engages in a rebellion or insurrection cannot hold office. Trial testimony just concluded in a case in Colorado, as did arguments before Minnesota's Supreme Court. John, should Mr. Trump's name be kept off the ballot in any state? because of January 6th? I don't think so. Uh, and this, of course, this is all new jurisprudence. Ultimately, this thing's going to end up in the Supreme Court. I can't imagine the Supreme Court striking Trump's name from the ballot. He's not been convicted of aiding an insurrection. He's not be even been indicted for aiding an insurrection. I, I don't see how this fairly novel theory applies here. Not will it happen, should it happen? Well, of course it should happen. He shouldn't be running for president. He should be in jail right now. But legal scholars on both sides of the aisle, both Republicans and Democrats, say that this has validity. And it, John's right. It's going to go to the court, and they're going to be the ones who adjudicate it. Our quote of the week is from a new poll showing that an expected 2024 presidential election rematch between Joe Biden and Donald Trump may include a wrecking ball known as Robert Kennedy Jr., RFK Jr., abandoned his run as a Democrat to run as an independent. Our quote of the week is not from him, but from a new Quinnipiac University poll, which shows Kennedy being a major factor in a three-way race. With 22% of the vote, President Biden having a 3% advantage over Donald Trump, but both of them getting less than 40%. Without Kennedy, it's Biden 47 and Trump 46, essentially a dead heat. The number suggests... RFK Jr. hurts Trump more than Biden. Why might that be, Michael? Because his ideas are as crazy as Donald Trump's. Uh, I do feel sorry for the Kennedy family. I mean, here's a family with such a huge, rich legacy uh, that they continue to try to honor on a daily basis, and they have to deal with this nut. He gets 15 to 20 percent. I mean, that's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, he might get 3 percent, ultimately. And, and it probably does disproportionately come from Trump. The bigger problem the Democrats have is polls released this morning 
show that in five of the six battleground states, Trump has a lead of four points, in some cases nine points, in all of the states that matter over Biden. I think the Democrats, Michigan, Pennsylvania, not Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Ohio, yeah. I really believe the Democrats are going to change from Joe Biden sometime right before the first of the year. Let's mark the tape. What have we got David Axelrod sitting in for the Republicans today? What's going on? I think he's probably right. <laughs> really? Yeah. All right. Joe Biden may not be the Democrat nominee. They Final thoughts are next. First, Bomberito.com drone fox over downtown St. Louis. Eight years ago, Rams fans would have already been out tailgating by the dome.